Baz Luhrmann brings some much-needed visual flair to the music biopic. Today I'm talking about Elvis. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about elvis which is the latest movie from Baz lerman um a man who is known for his over-the-top approach to everything and that would include a biopic about elvis arguably one of the most famous and influential pop culture figures of all time and uh of course there's a lot of baggage that comes with that which i will talk about but yeah and uh this is on HBO Max, finally sat down and watched it, and liked it more than I thought I would. So without further ado, let's get started. So I was suspicious of this movie from the start, and there were a lot of reasons. Partially because the majority of music biopics have had become formulaic messes with great lead performances that would quickly fade into memory after a year. Another reason is Elvis himself, or rather the deification of Elvis. While Elvis was undoubtedly talented and influential, even his moniker, the King of Rock and Roll, is a loaded statement that papers over the racism that made him the breakthrough star in a genre created by black musicians. And then there's the ugliness of Elvis's personal life, including his unfortunate focus on very young women and his drug-fueled paranoia and obsession with firearms. This is the guy who decided to meet Richard Nixon to tackle the war on drugs after all. And yet, the responses to Baz Luhrmann's take on Elvis have been pretty good. So I thought I would actually give the movie a shot and see what the fuss is about. Tackling Elvis's career from beginning to end, the movie follows the performer through the eyes of his longtime manager, Colonel Tom Parker, who explains how he discovered Elvis and the ins and outs of his career and cut to short life. So I like this movie a lot more than I thought I would. And there's a couple of big reasons for that, which I'll get into shortly, but I did want to address the two big elephants in the room. First, this movie doesn't do a whole lot to critique the legend of Elvis as the king of rock and roll. The film's approach is to portray Elvis as a talented young man who has genuine affection for black music, including gospel and blues, so that's the kind of music and singing he did. And because he was a white man playing a black genre, he was able to be marketed and cross over in ways than that other performers of the era were not. We may have already seen the discovery of Elvis being white going around the internet. That said, the movie doesn't offer much criticism about this, and in many cases seems to remove Elvis's agency and how his image was created and maintained. Hell, he dyed his signature black hair and quaffed it to look like black performers. It's not hard to see the connective tissue here. It's imperfect. But at the same time, this movie is more about why Elvis was special and the shame of what he was turned into via fame and mismanagement, not what he meant or what his true impact was. The second is that the movie does not address Elvis's affinity for underage women, including his future wife Priscilla Presley, a girl he met and courted when she was 14. I get th why that's not included in a PG-13 movie, especially since Priscilla is portrayed in the film as a positive guiding force in Elvis's life, which may have well been true, but it's still a glaring omission. Combined that with the caricature portrayals of Elvis, Colonel Tom Parker, and everyone else, it's hard to take this as a serious movie. For the movie that is there, this is the one of the better versions I've seen of a music biopic in a long time, for a couple of big reasons. First, we have visual style. 
One of the things that is so irritating and boring about a lot of music biopics is that they run together visually. We've all seen a thousand performance scenes or meetings with executives who don't believe or the slow motion haunting backstories, and they've all been parodied to perfection in Walk Hard. Which also means it's a perfect genre for Baz Luhrmann's over-the-top sincerity and emphasis on visual flair and wild edits. In essence, the movie looks and feels like a folk tale of, of about an American folk hero, including splash panel introductions to times and places, a la comic books, which apparently Elvis had an affection for. Extreme cuts on beat and blending past, present, and future into the same sequence. The idea is to make the audience feel the separation between the traditional country performer and Elvis and understand why people found him fascinating. In that regard, it succeeds mightily. We also go into the battle between image, authenticity, and business. Something a lot of music biopics have dabbled in is how show business pulls performers in multiple directions. Once you've broken through and are a known entity, that means a world of excesses is easier to access. You know you have an image to maintain and now have to constantly worry about making money and likely pushing outside of your comfort zones, be they moral or artistic. The film portrays Elvis as constantly at war with what he wants and what he's told is best for him, rep represented by Colonel Tom Parker. Not only that, but that his most successful ventures, including the TV special that relaunched his career, are the most appealing because they're the most authentically him. The movies fell flat eventually because they were canned Elvis, not the dramatic actor he wanted to be. And Goofy Elvis didn't work because it robbed him of his natural intensity, etc. Obviously, this movie is an imperfect vessel to tell this story, but it is telling that we have two great music biopics that portray an artist struggling with drugs and exhaustion being propped up on stage by doctors to perform in almost as many years. The other one is Rocket Man. And finally, we have Austin Butler in the lead. A lot has and will be made about Austin Butler's performance, not just because it's him doing as much dancing and singing as he possibly can, but also because he does his level best to capture all of Elvis's mannerisms from his speaking voice, verbal tics, and gestures. What I liked about the performance, however, is how he fits into the film's tragic portrayal of Elvis. The movie offers up the, that the lingering image of Elvis as the overweight joke of a Vegas act held up by nothing but a steady supplies of pills is tragic, but not for the reasons you'd expect. This wasn't an intentional stagnation, but one that was orchestrated by forces who didn't have his best interest at heart. What Butler does very well is make his portrayal of Elvis evolve with his experience from youthful and rebellious to stagnant, both mentally and creatively, and finally defeated. I'm not one for deifying Elvis for the reasons I listed earlier, but I think this is a more human portrait of his insecurities and struggles behind the scenes, at least as an artist. The verdict is, it's stylish if thematically simple. Though it can't quite cover the full extent of Elvis's influence and flaws, Boz Luhrmann's take on the pop culture icon is quite entertaining. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.